Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 70, The Need to Be Affirmed. Yes, we do. Hello, my name is Lori Krieg, and I am coming at you from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And not just me, we got a room full today. We actually have an in-person guest that I'm so excited to introduce you to. Uh, But first, I am here with licensed therapist and plaid expert, not Argyle, plaid expert with a fancy new haircut. Which, come on, can I please talk for a second about Kelly O'Dell, Steve's wife. If you guys listen to that podcast, Matt had the like extreme makeover (laughs) by Kelly O'Dell (laughs) and it was really precious and sacred and heart driven. And I feel, can you just talk about what was that like, your experience with working with Kelly for just a half second? Yeah, it was actually really good, really enjoyable. It was not at all awkward until you were asking to take pictures of the process. <laughs> what? And then I, I was like, no, I want to do this for me. Okay. And so, it's but true. it was great. It was really good. It really brought some clarity and just insight into the way I dress and why that's comfortable for me and all sorts of stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah. So if you guys did not listen to that one, good old Kelly. So I just want to give her a little shout out. Okay. (laughs) But I'm with Matt, who's plaid expert today and suave new haircut. And also professor producer Steve. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Happy Valentine's to you as well. (laughs) And we are so excited to be on our third of a 10 episode series that we're doing on core needs. And we are on the need to be affirmed. And if you guys didn't listen to the last couple episodes, we talked about about the need to be desired and the need to be nurtured. Um, but core needs are inside those metaphorical holes in our heart, and they are good needs that God put into us before the fall of man for things like affirmation and purpose or this need today is what we are talking about is for affirmation. Mm-hmm. So we are so excited to have as guest speaker and author Shannon Popkin with us today. Welcome, Shannon. Hey, Lori. It's so great to be with you guys. We are so excited. We love having people in person. There's like an electricity in the air that happens. But Shannon Popkin is a best-selling author and speaker and the author of Control Girl, Lessons on Surrendering Your Burden of Control. hey yo, I felt that one. From Seven Women in the Bible. And Shannon is also a contributing blogger at Revive Our Hearts, which we love them, and co-author of Influence, Building a Platform to Elevate Jesus, Not Me. And that's the book that we're actually going to be talking about today. And that's a question that I have had. Uh, as because And I've actually even talked about on this podcast. I'm like, ugh, I don't like doing this. It feels so self-centered. But I so appreciate it in this book that you wrote with Katie Mota-Ung. Nailed it. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. Yes. Our husband is... <laughs> From South Africa. South Africa, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Okay. Yep. But you co-wrote together, and um, I'm really excited to dig into that. And even some, I know you've been in your writing hole, which I love <laughs> the writing hole. <laughs> I just feel like I rejuvenate a lot there. Yes. Um, but in writing another one, just talking about comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Comparison girl. Comparison girl. Oh, man. Yeah. Why you got to call me out on all my flaws? Because <laughs> the Lord first called me out on them. Right? <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. That's how he rolls. Yes, it is. So. Um, well, we are looking forward to hearing about how your life intersects with this whole core need to be affirmed. But first, question of the week from last week. Which y'all didn't respond very much. <laughs> we got one response. But I asked this other question about like personal family life and I got like 60 something comments on that one. So that one I didn't do the hashtag HIMH podcast, hashtag question of the week. So I'm not going to steal from that one. But here is the question How is your church 
or one you know of doing well at creatively reaching out to and serving people. So we talked last week about this need to be desired. So how does your church kind of repeat Jesus' desire to be with us and call Mm -hmm. us? Like, how do you see that in your church? Um, So we did get one response from John Wilson. And he said, our church has this huge initiative called I Heart Wyoming. We realize we can't reach Bags or Lander or the Wind River Reservation, but the churches there can. So every year we partner with churches around the state, helping them fund the outreach projects God has placed on their heart. While we focus on our outreach attention on Cheyenne, we seek to help churches across Wyoming focus their attention on their communities. That's really neat. Mm. I've heard of that before. Um, one of my friends who serves on the uh, the board of directors for the Center for Faith, he his name is Roger, and he has helped to coordinate around San Francisco, like one of the biggest nonprofit church interdenominational nonprofits that he started mm-hmm. that basically just says, what do you need? How can we use this organization over here to help you over there? So I really like that. Instead of reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. over and over, you're just listening to what wheels are already turning mm-hmm. and then connecting people together. Yeah, how about you, Shannon, in your church or church you've seen? How are they doing this good job of reaching out? Well, you know what? Our church um, is has a new ministry that we are partnering with called uh, Generous Giving. Hmm. And my husband and I are actually trained now as facilitators. So Generous Giving has this... Um, Format where they host or they have they have church groups or or wherever um, host what they call a jog so a journey of generosity and it's actually this twenty four hour retreat where you know you invite people from your community to just get away for twenty four hours and think really strategically about money hmm. um, think about what you've been given think about what the Bible says about money think about um, you know kind of inspire each other you watch really inspirational videos and stories of other people who are being generous wow. and you know we really just don't do that enough I think we don't talk about money very much in mm-hmm. our in our culture and um, Tim Keller is one of the videos that we watch and he he talks about how um, you know when you're committing adultery you know that you're committing adultery. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like you're quite aware of that. Yeah, yeah. But when you're falling into greed, y- you really aren't aware of it. You don't no. see it. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. And, and so Jesus um, had a lot of warnings about greed and a lot of um, just thoughts about, you know, to guard our hearts against that. And yet we don't talk about it and we don't mm. we don't give that attention. And so anyway, our church is really focusing on that. Our pastor, uh, Jeff Mannion at Ada Bible Church, mm-hmm. says he dreams that our church would become one of the most generous churches in America. And so we're hoping that this would be like a grassroots thing. And it has been so exciting. Like just now we've gotten to be part of, I think, Five of these little retreats, and um, and so just watching people like catch a vision for being generous and seeing how that might mm. spread, it's been really, really fun. Mm. Really That's cool. Amazing. Yeah, very yeah. creative, right? Yeah, yeah. And nobody's asked for money before, after, or during the event. Like it's just all. It's like you pay ahead, you pay yeah. pay for your guests, and yeah. then just hope that they would have time to, yeah, think it through. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, love it, Matt. I guess the the church that comes to mind is actually the church that we were in in California, um, and they had basically created this this entire entity that was dedicated to reaching out to to all the younger kids in in the city that we were in, which was Lodi, and um, so they created a skate park. They did they mm-hmm. did you know they had a mobile skate park that mm-hmm. that they could take out to kids, and and they actually they're reaching kind of across the train tracks 
to to where most of the lower income, the migrant workers and everything were were situated and and that was actually really really interesting to to see that a church was dedicated so much to reaching a particular people group within yeah. their in, in their city. Very cool. Yeah. Uh so my church is a relatively I guess new campus of a larger church. Mm-hmm. Um, that when we uh, started there, my wife and I were like, that's right in the heart of the school district where my kids go to school. You know, it's like literally down the road from the high school. There's other, you know, like elementary and middle schools around there. And uh, we're just starting this after-school program for uh, the middle school age kids because a lot of these kids, they get done with school and parents are both still at work. And so they're Mm kind of just like, floating there for a couple hours. And so we're working out the logistics of how we do this and we'll provide mentors and tutors and uh, there will be like activities. We're bringing in like movable basketball hoops, you know, that can, so there's just a lot of options for the kids. That's one thing. Um, There's also the refugees that we've been on a team to welcome Mm -hmm. refugees um, and so that's a couple things, but we're still figuring it out. We're still learning, you know, what does it mean to really be a part of this community? But I think this connection with the school that is so growing great. is, mm-hmm. has been a cool thing. So Very neat. I love it. Thanks for sharing guys. Well, now it is time for Island. we have not played like a straight up game in a while. So I sat down with myself and got decently goofy and bless you shannon you get extra guest (laughs) points for playing this game so we're talking today about this need to be affirmed and i just let my brain go crazy and think about star wars to well i will just let the let the question surprise you about how can we spin the situation so that the person feels affirmed in the moment so we're going to go around the room and you guys have to see okay this really came from matt the counselor and his uh when remember when we talked about you playing golf with oh. another counselor and you kept reframing <laughs> oh, the yeah. situation what? so i call it yep. spinning but you guys call it reframing yeah. so you're like your your ball is in the weeds or i don't know any golf terms and you're like well it's another opportunity to practice <laughs> yeah, my stroke to improve my stroke out of the rough yeah okay <laughs> which is why the vehicle we're taking to goofball island is a golf cart perfect So, ready to go, guys, on Spin This? We'll start with you, Shannon. Okay. Winnie the Pooh ate all of the honey in his house and at night went to each of his friends' houses, like Rabbit, etc. Can't think of any other 100-acre name. Piglet. And stole... Eeyore. Thank you, guys. Owl. I'm feeling affirmed right now. What about Christopher Robin? Okay, I got it. I'm I'm feeling less affirmed. It's dumb. We can't leave out someone from the 100-acre wood. You're right, honey. Okay. So he went to all their houses and stole all of their honey and ate it all. Now he has a terrible stomach ache and feels a lot of shame and guilt over what he did. Spin this to affirm Pooh. Well, Pooh, here's what you need to know. All of your friends in the, was it 100 Acre Woods? Mm-hmm. Yes, all of the friends here, they're all still on their diet from January. Oh, and so you, you have just helped them out tremendously because you've taken away all of the temptation in their homes. Nailed it. Good <laughs> wow. spinning. Wow. Yeah. We need to get like a wiki wiki when they do well. Okay, <laughs> got that. Thanks, producer. Yep. Matt. Legolas, an elf from Lord of the Rings, in case mm-hmm. you don't know, and Treebeard, a walking tree mm-hmm. from yes, Lord the of the Rings. Ants. 
yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got into a fight and cut off one of each other's arms. Spin this to affirm both of them. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read these beforehand, but that is a very interesting situation. I yeah, would, he's I would have right in counselor voice. <laughs> maybe get it. I, I would. I. I got to try and do this. Like, I'm. Who am I talking to? So, uh, Steve is Legolas. I'm Treebeard. Okay. Okay. I'm at. I feel <laughs> You're gonna talk very, very slowly. Should sad. I be Treebeard? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so it sounds like you guys got had quite an argument. But you yes. know what that tells me is that you guys are both very invested in this relationship, <laughs> and and that even though there's there's high emotion at times, you know what it shows that you guys matter to one another. Dang, Enneagram wow. 9. Yeah. What up? See? <laughs> okay, Steve. Thank you for affirming my answer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Okay. Han Solo mm-hmm. from Star Wars. Yes. Decided not to come back and help Luke in the fourth episode of said Star Wars. As a result, Luke did not blow up the Death Star, and Darth is in charge of the galaxy. Everyone is enslaved. Life is terrible, etc. Spin this to affirm Han. Okay. Well. Yes. You, Han. Yeah. You met your responsibility. You had to pay off Jabba the Hutt. I did. You knew <laughs> that you just can't have the monkey on your back of Couldn't. owing somebody. No. And so you avoided a lot of hassle. One being turned into carbonite. I don't know if you realize mm-hmm. that's what it would have come. That was my future. From you not paying Jabba the Hutt. So you you took care of that you met your responsibilities and now you know you no longer owe any slug anything yeah thank you what we don't realize is that han was actually going through step one of dave ramsey's debt snowball that's what it is <laughs> yes dave we're gonna debt. get this he was <laughs> he was working hard yes. to pay off that debt and i bet you have a few of those credits left over uh, for yep. your emergency his fund. emergency fund yeah he's going for it <laughs> Way to go, Han. Way to go. <laughs> All right, should we do another round? Sure. Okay, we're going to do one. another round. All right, Shannon, you're doing great. It's your son's senior prom. It's the photo taking time, and you're meeting the girl he's taking to the prom. Although she's kind, for some reason, your parent hormones take over, and you start sobbing about how your amazing son is growing up, and no one will ever be good enough for him to this girl. Spin this to affirm yourself in the mirror later that evening as the guilt settles in. All right, so I'm looking myself in the in the mirror and thinking about what I have done and feeling horrible. And what I will say to myself in that mirror is, wonderful, you have just created the next illustration for your next book. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> you knew it. Yeah, you know it. That's so good. All right, Matt. <clears throat> Your kids discover a burrow of rabbits in the backyard. They spend all morning cuddling and naming them. Well, they go inside for lunch. You mow the grass. You accidentally mow down the rabbits. Spin this to your kids to affirm their shredded hearts. Shredded like the rabbits. <laughs> Actual hearts. So go I ahead. love the way your face, your mouth just <laughs> dropped open when well, you... <laughs> Here's, here's the funny thing is that actually happened in my life. Where, and my life. Oh, yeah, my dad I think did that it was too. a standard. So I probably should just get ready do? for this. Yeah. So go, babe. Get when in you the were mode. telling that scenario, I was like, this seems like it's, <laughs> like it's this, this is too real. This is not just out there in like no. hypothetical. I'm working world. out my real time yeah. wounding okay, well. in this therapy sesh. Okay. Go, babe. So I'm talking to myself. Okay. Well, you know what, Matt? You were doing your duty. You were mowing the lawn and you didn't know the rabbits were there. But you know what? 
You no, re- you're talking to your kids. I'm, when I'm talking to you the kids? You ain't talking to the mirror. They're crying. Not, wait, what? Maybe you should affirm you accidentally now don't. Why do my kids need to be... I need to affirm their shredded hearts. Oh, boy. Here we go. I think I would just apologize profusely. <laughs> see, oh, my gosh. It. I'm so Winning. sorry. Yeah. I'm All so right. sorry. I didn't see the rabbits there. They're in rabbit heaven. And mm-hmm. That's iffy. God's <laughs> looking down. You're like, really? <laughs> you sure about that, kid? <laughs> We're going to make rabbit stew tonight. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right, we'll move that one on. You probably should have affirmed yourself, but now just yeah, feel miserable for a little I, bit longer. I okay. Oh, that's so some, good on the first one. I like one, the apology. Though. The apology. Yeah, that was you're, good. You're validating what yeah. happened is real. Yeah. And, you know, you're applying the clutch. Yes. Yep. The so parasympathetic. Back to the shame. Yep. There you go. Sorry. And that was really good affirmation of Thank Matt. You. So we're doing a lot of modeling tonight. Wow. Thank you. Okay. I All was right. feeling really bad about my inability to affirm myself well enough. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Steve. <laughs> yes. AKA Professor Snake. Oh, yeah. It's potions class, Steve. Yes. With Professor Steve, I mean Snape. Snape, yeah. <laughs> you, Ron Weasley, is actually who you are, accidentally make a potion that turns your best friend Harry into a toad for several days. As a result, he cannot get himself into mischief that somehow results in saving the world from Voldemort again. Mm. Spin this to affirm Ron. Okay. So, you're Ron. Mm-hmm. Harry is a, a toad. Yep. Yeah, can't get into mischief that saves the world. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Harry's inability to get into mischief ends up saving the world from Voldemort. I was like, that's no. an easy one. Great job, Ron. <laughs> the mischief would have. The mischief saved would. The world. So you Voldemort know. takes over the world because yes. of the toting. Right. Okay. Yes, the toting. Totally terrible. Okay, okay. Ron, <laughs> during the time when normally you would have been getting into mischief, you were hitting the books. You wow, Ronald. went back and made sure you perfected that potion, you know, that you had gotten wrong. You also worked a lot on your disfiguration. No, what I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Transfiguration. Uh, transfiguration and your apparition and all of your, all of those Magical things. words. Magical words. Yeah. And now that it's, you know, a totalitarian, you know, regime yeah. mm-hmm. under Voldemort, yeah. you'll have a good job in the Ministry of Magic. Yep. You can lay low. You know, you're smart now. Plus, you can put it on your resume. I turned Harry Potter into a toad, That's thus true. allowing you to take over the world. You may, if you can remember exactly how you did it, you might one day be able to use that <laughs> on Voldemort. Yep. <laughs> okay. This was fun for me. Bless you, Shannon. <laughs> okay. It was a blast. <laughs> oh, good. All right. It's time for the heart of the matter. Now, dear Shannon, every guest that comes on here, we ask a series of two questions because the purpose of this podcast is to talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone every day. And we don't want to just hear the past tense version of, well, when Jesus saved past tense you, Mm -hmm. but how he ongoingly is good news for you. So when was the gospel first good news for you and how is it still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... You know, as a as a little kid, I just remember wanting just to get it right. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to do things right. I wanted to be that kid. And okay, so counselor in the room. Yes. Matt. Oh. I have heard that that your first memories say something about you. Like what what you remember first, is this true or is this just I mean, I'm sure but. it says something. I'm not going to read into it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I will share with you one of my very first memories that kind of gives you like snippet into who I was. So I remember in kindergarten, my music teacher 
had us gathered around her chair and she was um she was she went something like la 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 and then she said children did those notes go up or did they go down and the whole class went down and i said ah oh (laughs) yeah and the teacher said wait who said up and i didn't want to say because i thought oh everyone else got it right yeah i got it wrong i did not want to disclose but um she said no really who said up and so i put my hand up timidly Mm. and she said shannon you got it right and everyone else got it wrong and i mean the fact that that was what 42 years ago (laughs) still remember it (laughs) and i you know that i think that just says something about how my heart loves to get it right Mm. especially when everybody else is getting it wrong Mm. like i crave that you know that affirmation of you did it right and everybody else did it wrong and so Mm. You know, I uh, came to Jesus as a really little girl, uh, four years old, and I I think, you know, mostly I just wanted to get it right. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to do the right thing, and and for lots of years, I did look in the right places for affirmation, you know, my parents and my church, and I was involved in all the things that, you know, our church offered, and um, but then as teenagers often do, I started looking over at like, you know, there was this group of friends over here and I wanted their affirmation. And I was not sure that following Jesus and doing things his way was going to get me that sort of affirmation. And so Mm. um, I made, I I really, it's weird to say, but that is what I made my God. Like that was more important than, than Jesus and loving him and following him. And so I didn't, I did not do anything that you would have looked at my life and overtly knew, but um, yeah. but beneath the surface, my heart was craving affirmation from people, yeah. you know, from people instead of God. And so I remember going into my senior year and saying, "God, I will give you my life after." <laughs> After my senior year, because you know life really does end after high school. This is this Duh. is the way I thought, and so I said, Lord, you can have my life, but this year is for me, and I'm going to live this however I want. And so I, I kind of lived that year with my my ears plugged to God, mm-hmm. and you know I, I did not read my Bible, I did not pray, I went to church, and I did not listen. And my heart became very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in those core um, recesses of my heart, I was very hard-hearted and closed toward the Lord. And, you know, on the surface, I probably looked, you know, to the average person, I, you wouldn't have seen it. So I went away to college and I said to the Lord, okay, a deal's a deal. You mm-hmm. know, I, um, I told you I would give you my heart, I would serve you. And, and you know, I found out at that point, we can't really break our own hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, we cannot, we can't crack through that, mm-hmm. that tough um, exterior. And so I tried to come back to the Lord. I remember um, like just feeling like I would pray and my prayers would bounce off the ceiling and I'd open my Bible and it just did not speak to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a, um, a visit. I went home and at, over that, that just weekend that I was home, my um, sin just became exposed in a very distinct way, you know, mm. it was like God just ripped, <laughs> ripped that lid right off of it. And my, my mom found out about some stuff and I was so ashamed. I mm. was just, just devastated. And here's what I said to her. Um, I said, mom, I don't want you to tell daddy. I don't want him to know. I have a very kind and affirming dad. And I just could not imagine looking into his eyes and having him know these things about me. And so I said, you know, 
please just don't tell him until after I go to school. I kind of wanted to pretend that he didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went to school, and uh, maybe a week or so later, I, on a Saturday morning, I said to my roommates, hey, you guys go to the cafeteria. I just want to stay here by myself. And I spent that time in my room, and um, I remember it was a rainy like cloudy day and it just matched my emotions and um i there was there was a relationship that i needed to end and i felt like that was definitely getting in the way of my relationship with god and so i picked up the phone and i heard this familiar voice and i ended i cut off the relationship and i hung the phone up and i had a really good cry mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i you know i opened my bible and i was just crying out to the lord and saying god like i have done everything i know to get to you I don't know what else to do. I um and and I'm still I'm praying and I don't hear I don't hear your voice. I'm I'm opening your word and I, it doesn't say anything to me. Like God, do you even see me here? Do you even hear me here? And uh, the phone rang, and it was our campus pastor at Liberty University, and he said, "Hey, can you run down to the lobby? There's a package being delivered." And I said, "Sure." Went down uh, to the door. And a car pulled up in, in the pouring rain, and I watched a man get out of the car and run toward my dorm, and it was my dad. Mm. <laughs> I opened the door and said, Dad? Now, you know, my parents lived in Michigan. This was Virginia. My dad didn't just happen to be in the area. Mm. Um, I think he sensed that this was a really pivotal time in my spiritual journey. And he took, he took a trip to Virginia, and he said, Hey, I just wanted to come spend a little time with you and let you know how much I love you. Mm. And he said, you know, mom bought you this dress and I want you to go put it on. I'm going to take you out for a nice dinner and and just want to spend some time with you. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was a, um, a turning point for me. I remember sitting in the car afterward and, and talking with my dad about um, some verses in Revelation. And he was reminding me the kind of kid that I was, <laughs> just how I loved Jesus. And I, I loved to serve him. And I was involved in so many different ministries and serving projects. And he said, you know, you, you've lost your first love. Mm. And don't wait for those emotions to come back to Jesus. Do the things that you did at the beginning. And the emotions come like the caboose on the train, mm. you know. And, and again, that was, that was a really turning, a, a big turning point for me. And, and, you know, I can imagine that some of our listeners might say, I did not have a dad like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just want to affirm that um, even if your dad was the type to neglect or abuse or um, be the kind of dad that he should not have been, your good father wants to make up his lack. Mm-hmm. And he has traveled far much further than a plane ride (laughs) to get to you and Mm -hmm. sacrificed so much to have you and just to let you know that he loves you he's pursuing you um he wants he wants you and and so i think you know what does that mean today what is what is how does the gospel work today Mm -hmm. i am still that little girl who wants to get it right and i want to do it better than other people (laughs) like i want i crave that affirmation and so you know i told you laurie before we started um i've been in my hole i've been in my writing hole and you know battling like oh i'm writing a book it's so hard and i keep um saying to my husband I don't think it's going to be as good as the last one, yeah, <laughs> which bothers right, me, you right. know, and, and facing that empty screen. And you know where, what the gospel, how it matters today is, you know what, I don't have 
any way that I have to prove myself no. to my father. Mm-hmm. I don't have to measure up. I, I'm ju- I just get to pour out what he's put in my cup, and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. I and I get to experience his presence as I write, and I and I just get to open my heart and say, Lord, would you fill it? I don't have anything to give. You know, I don't have to be better than anybody else, or um, I don't need the affirmation of of anybody. Um, just the Father uh, working through me. So, yeah, I'm living the gospel today, man. <laughs> I love. Love that, and it it factors so beautifully in with this conversation on affirmation right. because it's it tells me instead of staring at the world and saying, "Do you affirm me? Am I okay? Am I better than you?" Mm-hmm. Even like, <laughs> right. which is really um, it's envy, like just mm-hmm. feeling like there's not enough of God's love and grace to go around. And like I, I heard today a quote from J.D. Greer about how. Envy and doubt are the same thing. And it's because you're doubting that God's plan for your life is good. Mm-hmm. So we're envious of others. No, God, I want what they want. So mm-hmm. I love what you're saying because that's just no matter what sort of hole we're in, whether we're writing or just mm-hmm. feeling lonely or in our just whatever intensity. Mm-hmm. But on this need for affirmation, guys, we define it. Um, and this is the the list of core needs you can find on our HIMH website. And this has just been a list that Matt and I have been developing for the last few years. And it's really helped us to remove some of that shame that we're always talking about when we feel this good need. But then we're like, oh, no, 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 God is enough. I'm okay. But it's okay to look at mm-hmm. God and be like, I need this from you. And it'd be awesome if people supported it. But we define it as overwhelmingly approved of. And you see echoes of like this before the fall in how God called creation good. Like everything that he made, he's like, it's good, it's good. And it's very good. Like he could have just been like Mm -hmm. creation, (laughs) but instead he affirmed it, which is Mm -hmm. just bizarre. And and you look at throughout the Bible, he's affirming us all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. don't you just need to hear every single day that you're loved by God Mm -hmm. or that precious story you told about your dad Mm -hmm. and then relating it to God? It's just... It's, we need to hear that every single day. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then in looking in how Jesus, like, how did he respond to affirmation? Is he affirmed others and he also directed it back to God. And so when they would say like, good teacher, even then he's like, only God is good. And he is God. But it was just amazing <laughs> that he kept pointing back to the father, even in that. Um, but Shannon, you and Kate wrote this influence book building a platform that elevates Jesus and not me. And I was super intrigued by it because I've been having conversations with people like, oh, you need to build your platform. And I've I've been told by publishers, oh, it's not big enough, you know. And and that's like, it's, it's this weird space you have to live in where it's like, I feel like I'm supposed to crave people's likes or I like have to get them in order to get <laughs> to this next level. So it seems like your reason for writing this book Maybe because you were trying to like address that that rub that we all hit. Like, well, okay, I have these like things I want to say, but do I have to get people to literally like it? <laughs> so why did you write it? Yeah, you know, um, I think that in today's world, there are lots of opportunities to gather followers, like more than ever before, mm-hmm. yeah. right? To build our brand. And I mean, oh. the, fact that, the fact that we're doing this podcast, yeah, like this would not have been a thing maybe even five years ago, I right. don't know. Right. And, and, um, and so there are so many opportunities to, um, as Christians, to spread the truth and, and share the light. Hmm. And, and we are definitely called to that. And yet as followers of Jesus, 
um, how do we how do we do that without making much of ourselves? Like how how do we live in that tension? Um, yeah, being like humble, like it's all about Jesus, but also like me. Yeah, exactly. And and how do we not slip into the game of it being all about like me? Yeah, you know, because you can start looking at your your social media followings or whatever, like tally marks, like they're not even people. Yeah, you know? like like it matters more to just get the number higher. Yeah, and and forget about like what you actually set out to do, which right. was serve Jesus with this message. Yeah, it can it can get all twisted up and backward. And you know, I think that because we live in a day and age where there was a day that, you know, you might write books and people would only know you by the name on the spine, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or you might speak and and people would, o- you would only influence the people who were actually in the room and they might forget your name and you were too far for them to even see what you looked like. Now, everything that I send out into the digital universe, it links back to me, you know, right. my bio and my, and you know, my website and my social media. And so... There's such a strong connection between my message and me that it's really hard to not let my heart get all swept up into it being about me. Right. And then, you know, I'm, I may very, very much so set out to serve and give, but then, man, midstream, I find that, oh, I really want to receive. <laughs> I want to yeah. receive affirmation for yeah. one thing. And but drink it, it from yes, people. Yes, drink uh-huh. it. Yeah. Yeah. I had this... Um, experience one time I had written a, a blog post and uh, for a, for a ministry, not my own site. And I got an email from a woman who said, hey, I saw this on such and such a Facebook page, a ministry that I had never heard of. And I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. How did it get there? And so I went to this Facebook page and I saw, oh, they had shared it from this other ministry. And I thought, I wonder how many other people have shared this. you know. And so I, I kind of went scrolling through and like hundreds of, of places were sharing it and all of these people were commenting and and I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled for like an entire hour and and like my I have this huge grin on my face and yeah. I'm and I'm just enjoying this so much and then all of a sudden I remembered what the article was about <laughs> and I remembered you know the day that I had written the article it was this day that I opened God's word and and he just opened up this passage about and it was for hurting people <laughs> and i remember having tears just flowing down my face as i wrote this this gift for people and i just wanted them to see what i saw and i wanted them to know this truth and hold on to it and then you know as i'm as i'm scrolling <laughs> those tears are dried up and mm. and that and that sadness has turned into this big grin like almost an evil grin on my face like enjoying the status of something that was, it was just a gift from the Lord. I, I didn't really have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, there's just a real danger in making what, what we set out to do yeah. for God, somehow then making it about us. And and I do think we have to guard against that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we guard against that? And like, how, what are like some biblical arguments to even like, so, so let's say someone had an experience like you did mm-hmm. and then, rage quit right after they're like ah! they look in the mirror and they're like uh, i'm getting off all the social media you know i see right. this it's gross this is poison like mm-hmm. i don't want to be worshiping myself and my own reflection mm-hmm. um so what are some like biblical arguments to building a platform and how can we elevate jesus and not feed on the affirmation of people mm-hmm. yep yeah i think you know it's all about going back to what what how did it start for you 
you know, what did you set out to do? And 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 reshifting your your motives. And I think, you know what, social media is actually really helpful because it gives us this mirror of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have so many opportunities to see ourselves in how we're responding out there in, you know, tangible form. Um, and so like if I'm loving it too much, if I, you know, if I find if I find that I can't even put my phone down and every time I pick it up and I see all those little, oh, wow, look at somebody else. Mm-hmm. If I find that I'm drawn to that, that shows me something about my heart, yeah. which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that way, social media can be really helpful in just measuring where I'm at and guarding my heart. And um, but I think, yeah, going back to some of us go into, um, you know, our, our communication ministry um, feeling overconfident, uh, most of us it's underconfident, <laughs> but but some of us do grow into sort of an overconfidence, hmm. um, and I think that's maybe what you're, you know, what you're referring to. How do we how do we reel that back when we be, when we become overconfident, mm-hmm. when we assume like you know I I step onto a platform to speak and I assume that I know more than the ministry leaders I'm working with. I know what these people need to hear. You know, like that lack of humility or, or mm-hmm. brokenness or, or like on my knees. Let me just say this. When I walk into a building and I'm, I'm ready to speak, I, I try to have some quiet moments in that room. And I put myself in the audience and I, I, I look up at that platform where I'm going to be standing and I, and I pray like, Lord, help them to see you. Help them not to even see me. And what do you want them to see up there? Like, what do you need them to know? Like, like putting myself aside, like that's just so important, whether we're writing or speaking or um, leading, whatever it, whatever it be, like, how does God want to use us? Mm-hmm. Like, rather than what do I have to say and, and what do mm-hmm. I have to share? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the friend of our book is a lifeguard stand. Mm-hmm. And um, when my daughter was about two years old, we went to a pool and she looked over at the lifeguard on the, you know, the tall chair and she said, oh, that's the king, isn't it, daddy? (laughs) (laughs) And we don't usually think of lifeguards as being elevated, right? Right. We don't think of them as, oh, wow, you know, the status of a lifeguard. We usually feel sorry for them because they are out in the hot sun having to watch our children while we relax, you know? (laughs) And so um, that's why we chose a lifeguard stand for the cover of our book, because we see it as, we see our our influence as, um, yes, when you're when you're on a platform, the whole metaphor is that you would be lifted up so that you can be seen and mm-hmm. you can be heard, so that you can get your message out, whether on a literal platform or you know a non-literal platform. But but we are positioned there in this elevated state, not so that we can say, "Hey, look at me!" Like that'd be ridiculous to be up there, like with my life jacket, like, "Hey, you know, don't I look so good in my life jacket?" Like, so cute. you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really, no, like that's ludicrous. We're positioned there to serve, mm-hmm. and so just consistently, I think going back to, I started with a heart to serve. I need to get back to that heart to serve, and I need to clear away and and remind myself. Um, that's my purpose. And also remind myself that I don't have anything to give, mm. like apart from him. I don't, you know, I, um, when I wrote my first book, I remember like looking at that blank document and thinking like, I don't have anything, God. I, you've got to every, every paragraph. And so when people send affirmation, I think today I got three notes from different people reading books that I've written. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that can, you know, that can do something to your heart. But reminding myself like, 
you know what? <laughs> you had nothing. Yeah. You had nothing. And sometimes when people share something that I that I have written, I think, wow, that is really good. There, I did not do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I mm-hmm. I couldn't have done that. That's only the Lord's like grace and Him filling me as I empty myself. Like I don't have what it takes to help someone come closer to Jesus. Only He can give that. I love that, and I love the metaphor of a lifeguard because you picture, and I know you use this you expand the metaphor in this book, but like you have all these life jackets that, or you could use the idea of talents, you know, if you want to go biblical, that God gives you Mm -hmm. X amount of talents that you need to be able to multiply. So he gives you X amount of life jackets Mm -hmm. and they're tailored. Like he makes you wear it first so that you (laughs) are living out the message that you receive. Yeah. I love that. But then he's saying, okay, why don't you throw these out to people who it fits exactly for them? But see, my tendency can be like, but who am I? I can hang out in that space too Mm -hmm. much. Like, and I just want to hoard the life jackets. But then when you look at it as like, no, that's hoarding the talents. That's Mm -hmm. hoarding the life jackets that are actually made for those people who need to hear it. And Lori, I've actually called you to this position or Shannon or all of us with whatever platforms God has given us. So why don't you hand those out? So then it's it's almost more self-centered to not give it, <laughs> it out is. than it is to keep it because that seems more humble. <laughs> right. But if it's God who's the one who gave you these, then you need to give them. And it's not an it's not even about you. It's just about you, you just hand them out to the people who are, need them. Exactly. When I was pregnant the first time, I had visited my parents about five hours away. And I was on the road back. I was about an hour into my trip. And there's this crazy driver who pulls up next to me on the highway. And uh, he's honking his horn and waving his arms like crazy. And I'm just thinking like, oh, my goodness, who is this crazy person? I'm looking straight ahead like, leave me alone. I am minding my own business in my lane. But he keeps at it. You know, he's honking and waving. And so finally I glanced over and I was like, oh. Dad, again, here's my dad (laughs) coming after me. And, and, you know, he's waving. And I, of course, you know, pulled off the highway. I had forgotten all of my maternity clothes back at my parents' house. And he had been chasing me. This was before cell phones. And it was after a lifetime of him bringing me things that I had forgotten. (laughs) And so he knew that, you know, I was about eight months pregnant and I was not going to want to get home and and have to purchase again all maternity clothes. So, but I think, you know, like you're saying, Lori, that is such a good picture. Like, it's really not about us. Mm -mm. Like, he was not even concerned that he looked like a fool honking and, and waving like that. It really wasn't about him. him. He, he was looking at me and remembering like he had something I needed in his trunk. Yeah. And as we step out on our, our platforms and we use our influence where, wherever it be, whether we're just, you know, serving in small ways, it doesn't have to be a large platform, but we are there because we have what the world needs. Mm. Like we have truth, we have light, it's right in our trunk. And, and you know, it's, it's just not about us. Tim Keller says, the essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself, it's thinking of myself less, yeah. like just taking myself out of the equation. And if we can get to that place mm. where we're where we're handing out life jackets, where we're standing on our, our lifeguard platform, and we're just not even thinking about ourselves, we are so focused on the needs before us, that I think is um, is true, you know, representing mm-hmm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. Gospel humility. Mm-hmm. And there are times that God will, I've had this where I'll post something or I'll do a talk and 
I I know it didn't it wasn't an A plus. It wasn't like mm-hmm. I'm not hearing the the tears and the smiles and the affirmation. <laughs> and that's exactly right because in those times I quote unquote fail, you know, and mm-hmm. it it's like God is looking at me like, yep, look at my eyes right now, Lori. Right. And so if you post something, you get zero likes, but you know you were obedient and handing out that life or you get one like and handing that life check it out. It may be because you need to put it on and be like. God, you affirm me and you just, you want me to refocus on you and thank you for this. Yeah, we can let fear of um, of what people will hear or what they will see keep us from sharing the message that yep. we have. You know, we yep. can, we can like you, I can't remember how you put it, but you're like, you know, I'm, j- I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, and, and I remember like coming home at, as a, a young new speaker, like just being like, oh, I'm just, I cringe. Like, I'm just going to sit here and cringe for 24 hours. After? And, yeah, like after. Like yourself for yes. the like, imperfections. Like remember yeah. all the things I said wrong or all the, you know, like they didn't laugh. I wasn't funny. Yeah. I, you know, I forgot to say this and like, I'm just going to sit here and and watch movies and eat junk food and never do that again, yeah. ever, ever, ever. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really just obsessing about myself. It's all <laughs> it's about like, you. Geesh, my my life jacket didn't look very good on me today. Yep. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's it's really not about us. It's really about obedience. And if we can uh, get to that position in the in the beginning of our days, you know, exchange whispers with the Savior before shouts of the world, yeah. and and really receive from Him and get that affirmation from Him then we're just being obedient throughout the day. Post yes. this or don't post this. Yes. And talk to this person or don't and say yes to that speaking thing or not. Or talk to that client or I don't know. I'm trying to think of all of our jobs here. Like, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. it's Then you're you're getting fuel. Those needs are getting filled by God. Um, and then it's all it is is obedience. Mm-hmm. All If it's a thousand people, if it's yourself in the mirror, yeah. like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> So good. All right. Well, I feel like we could unpack this a lot more, um, but we're we're just gonna we're gonna put a, a pen in it for now. And I just want to encourage you all to go and get Shannon and Kate's book. It's called Influence Building a Platform that Elevates Jesus and Not Me. So Shannon, thanks so much for joining this this crew here and really oh, uplifting us yeah, and um, and just goofing around with us as well. It was great. Thanks, guys. So for all of you listeners, hopefully this question will land a little bit better. Uh, But our question of the week for next week is we're talking about safety and how do you combat anxiety and fear in your life? I really want to know. I want to hear some of your strategies as we're talking about safety. Um, As well as if you guys like what you hear here. We would love for you to give us a review on the iTunes, wherever you find this podcast. And five stars are always welcome because we need your affirmation. (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, we're just going to throw it up to Jesus as glory (laughs) to God, which really that's our best moment. It's just whether we do succeed or fail, quote unquote. He chooses to use you in that affirmation process. Please obey. Yeah, thank you. It's obedience. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) I received that and I hope you do too. (laughs) All right. Um, But again, I will uh, connect you to Shannon and some of her beautiful articles. I know you've written some great things that are even related to this LGBT conversation that I know Mm -hmm. I have shared. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, And so that you guys can read those as well. But for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, guys, we are so excited to talk to you next week.
are you getting Sorry, me for Valentine's it. Day? What are you getting me? Nothing. Nice. Ten years of staying married. <laughs> we just did our Amen. anniversary. We just had our anniversary. So yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. Ten years. Congratulations. Thanks. By the way, uh, the publishing house they love it so far. Our marriage book that we're writing. I'm just rolling my eyes. I don't want to do this. I don't really? want to write a marriage book. It's so vulnerable. It's basically those podcasts that we recorded yeah. in a book. So like mm -hmm. it's gonna be and everyone who's read it so far, they love it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I know, but why would God want me to write the one that I don't want to write? Because that's how God works, isn't it? <laughs> What do you not want to do? This is your version of don't send me to Africa. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just don't have me do an inner city. And he's right. like, and you're gifted for it. And it's your weakest place. Let's let's crank up the volume on that, Laura. Wow. Yeah. I know. And yeah. it's from both of our perspectives. So Matt is writing I am quote it. unquote writing it. Ghost writing it. Okay. He just approves the words. Yeah. You were crying over the words you supposedly wrote. <laughs> he was crying over them. Like, this is really emotional. I'm a great writer. <laughs> yes. I'm so was, gifted. It was his memory that I was like recalling that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. I know we hit well enough. Anyway, so that's good news. That was my writing sabbatical for January. Yeah. So we'll see. It hasn't been a signed contract yet, but I'm like, oh, I just keep waiting for God to put the brakes on it. But he hasn't yet. Because mm -hmm. That's how mm -hmm. God just does. Just put lots of swears in it. Wizard, Wizard swears. swears. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Prof Snape. 